Hi, I'm Jamie. And I'm Stacey. And this is the Body Smart Podcast. And today we've got our lovely guest, Bethany Dobson. She's a business owner, a coach, unofficial calorie deficit chef, many skills to your bow. So could you start by telling us, Bethany, what it is that got you on this path in the first place? Because you've had your own journey. Yeah, well, thank you very much for having me on the podcast. I'm loving being here. Um, this all started not that long ago, actually. It's been it's been a big ride. Um, I started kind of my fitness journey back sort of like three, four years ago, just off the back of just not feeling very comfortable myself, not really feeling that confident, um, and just put myself in uncomfortable places and kind of got that that buzz for it. And yeah, we're, we're here now. So when you say you weren't feeling very comfortable in yourself, was that like a confidence thing or do you feel like it was you you physically were uncomfortable? Yeah, I think it was more so confidence than anything. Um, I did have confidence, but I feel like it was fake confidence. I didn't truly just feel confident in myself. Um, and I wanted to just make my body more capable of doing things that I couldn't do I didn't want it to feel sluggish anymore I didn't want to feel tired um yeah so was there like a turning point when that was like d-day for you when you thought enough's enough what was the trigger well I actually met my partner Aaron um and he was like a proper gym bro at the time like gym seven days a week like three protein shakes a day sort of thing that type of guy he's not that anymore (laughs) (laughs) and so when I met him like gym was like his personality so I kind of didn't really have much choice but to just follow along but no it was it was really good getting at that um how did you guys meet so we met on tinder okay yeah, yeah, yeah. so it was yeah. a very good love story it actually was we um so i'm actually from durham and he's from preston so mm-hmm. about three hours away he was in durham meeting his friend at uni and we matched because we're in like the same uh-huh. radius yeah, yeah so if we were never on tinder in that moment of time together then nothing would love would, it nothing would be here so yeah. Um, that was when I was 17. I was on Tinder illegally back then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, Oops. Uh, yeah, I didn't even know that had a... Any, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I met him. He found out my age eventually. Um, <laughs> he, he's only two years old, by the way. He's not like 20 years older. Um, and then we just did like long distance relationship for, for a while. And then I moved in with him like 10 months later, just straight in down the country, just pack my bags and wow. yeah, yeah, not like it's so when like you know, you know, you went, yeah. yeah, exactly. I knew first week I was like, yeah, I'm going to marry you. <laughs> oh, amazing. Yeah. 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 That was, I mean, that was like me and Steph, we were like after, I think a month of going out um, then went and like, I was like, hmm, I've got this uh, wedding coming up that's in Vegas. And I was like, it's a bit crazy to have a wedding in Vegas anyway. And it was like a five day thing. And I was like, hmm, I don't know if like, should I ask her? I was like, gonna ask Sai. As <laughs> your plus one? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was like, right, we need to just figure out like if this is like gonna be okay. So we went to Lakes together for like a weekend. And then I was like, yeah, we're like, we're good. So we ended up Solid. like, yeah. So we went to, so we went to Vegas two, on a two week holiday after being going out for two months. So, you know, it was just like. I think the make or break holiday is a good one. We went skiing after like three months. I mean, you, you yeah, you learn a lot about someone. Like for me, I'd never like actually been with with someone for like I remember being three days into that holiday and being like hey like we're with each other like all the time every day and you don't ev- annoy every me. minute yeah and then she was just like I sat just thorns upon you and I was just like yeah she's like do you need some time on your own and I was like 
yeah. yeah. So, but no, it was, it's good. Yeah, like, and I think it does it does fast track things in a in a positive way where you get to find out what you want or not. Yeah, that that was like us because we were so far away. Like the first time we met each other, I had meet because we met when I was seventeen. He was nineteen. Mm. He still lived with his mum and dad, so I literally had to go meet him. The first time I met him, I met his mum, his dad, his sister, and then slept over for the weekend. So it was kind of just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I like good, it. Though. Yeah. So he obviously showed you the opportunities that were available through fitness. Had you done any fitness or were you like into sports or anything when you were younger? Yeah, I mean, I dipped in and out of the gym. I had a gym membership. I probably went in there, did like 10 minutes on the treadmill and went on a couple of machines and then went out. Like that Mm -hmm. didn't have a clue. Um, And he kind of showed me what, like how to properly do like a squat, how to properly do a hip thrust, stuff like that. Um, And then I just got like this buzz for it. But I've I've always just been really like, driven like I've never been able to keep still like never so mm-hmm. um I went to uni in September 2019 and obviously that was in COVID so I was at uni didn't really have anything to do so I was like right can't keep still let's get a personal trainer qualification and let's just see what happens because I'm into fitness it's it's so right um let's just go for it so I spent like every single day doing this personal trainer I think I, I think I passed it in like two weeks it's meant to be like a four-month course or something I, I was literally every day because I just can't keep still um and then I just put on my Instagram like I'm an online coach now anyone and I didn't have a clue back then I was just like yeah anyone no. want to be coached and then just start from there so when you first started were you working literally from home you never had to work in a gym because it was COVID yeah I've never been a PT on the gym floor oh, wow okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you find that I find it all right. I've for, like my first couple of clients were local, so I did go to the gym and like have gym sessions with them every so mm-hmm. often. But I find it absolutely fine. It's yeah, I still understand how everything works. I think because I have like it's not the same, but I have been in like customer service jobs in the past. So I know how people tick. Um, but yeah, I've never I've never been a PT on the gym floor. Okay. okay. Yeah. No. Fantastic. How um I know you very much become like. You said a calorie deficit chef a, yeah. lot, a little bit earlier. How did all that come about? Have you always been a, a foodie or into food? Or how did like even a calorie deficit chef come into it? Because that's obviously you know, where we're, we're being much more mindful about the calories and the food that we're making. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've always like loved food. Like I've always loved food. You'll always see me with food. Um, so when I got into losing fat, if I was on lower calories, I was like, I'm not doing this chicken and rice I can't do this I love food um so I just start, like playing around with how food works like started making a couple of recipes and I think I made my first low calorie recipe video about three years ago um so I lived with I moved in with Aaron's mum and dad and we lived there for three years which was quite it was it was good and it was a good experience but I literally took over their kitchen like every single night to make a low calorie recipe video um so that started about three years ago when I was trying to lose fat and didn't want to eat all the shit that you see everyone else eat. And I just kind of took it from there. Do you remember what your first recipe was? Yeah, it yeah, was. Go on. It was low calorie chocolate orange brownies. I've got, Ooh, I've got a screenshot of that on my Instagram. Uh, but yeah, I remember it was just, <laughs> it was just cringy, but it's where it all started. Yeah. It start oh, somewhere. Yeah. yeah. So you said you had started wanting to lose fat. So had that been the reason why you got into the gym or did that kind of come afterwards? Yeah, so 
going into like a whole different topic here um so when I was like 17 18 I got into sort of like I wouldn't say like drinking as in like drinking drinking bad but like you know you go out with your friends mm-hmm. you have a fake ID you do all that shit um and so I did put a bit of weight on because of that obviously you go out you have cocktails you then have a takeaway you then wake up the next day you go to McDonald's have a breakfast like consume probably yeah, like 4,000 calories within 12 hours and you just don't notice that and I did notice myself getting just a little bit more heavier and I think I gained probably around about 20 kilos um and I was just feeling a little bit uncomfortable myself I felt like I wasn't working to my full potential um so that's kind of how that came about and I lost about 20 kilos in about six months I think oh wow um and I, I remember seeing you saying online like you tried everything you did like 1200 calories yeah like what made you realize that was not the way yeah, well, that that first diet was twelve hundred calories, and that's how I lost the oh, twenty so kilos. It worked. In, it worked. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> but it wasn't sustainable. And to be fair, before before that, I feel like I did struggle with binging. Not not to an extent, but to an extent of when I was hungry and stuff, I didn't know how to feed my body properly. I'd just go in the cupboard and get a packet of biscuits or just snack on things in the fridge I never knew right okay I'm hungry I need to eat these foods to keep myself satiated so I wouldn't say I'd uh, struggle with binging but I just didn't know what to eat so I just overate if that makes sense but when I did lose 20 kilos I did I was on like 1200 calories and it worked and it it did but it I felt like shit (laughs) I remember like I had no energy I didn't really go to the gym because like I just I, I went to the gym did like two exercises didn't have enough energy come home it, yeah it worked but it wasn't it wasn't sustainable at mm-hmm. all and so when you were eating those calories were you looking at your macros as well were you literally just anything that will fit in the calories just, just get calories. as low as I can yeah just calories just eat calories That's yeah it. didn't know what a protein was <laughs> yeah I definitely went through that phase myself and I actually I invented myself the Heinz diet because I was like oh every tin of Heinz products is less than like 300 calories if I just have like soup for lunch beans for tea like sorted <laughs> <laughs> yeah wow it worked yeah the Heinz program yeah <laughs> well there was the special K diet which was like you just have cereal for breakfast and cereal for lunch and then yeah I know um and then a balanced tea but because a bowl of cereal if you measure it out is only like what two three hundred calories well it depends how big your bowl is if you measure yeah. it out which obviously <laughs> yeah. also is a very flawed plan because there's like no protein no vegetables fruit anything it's just you're just sugar and carbs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it kind of works if you can stick to it. <laughs> well, that's what it comes down to, isn't it? Like if you consume fewer calories and you burn, you will lose weight. But it's, it's, and it can just be very painful if you're eating maybe not great whole foods or getting enough nutrients. But if you do, you can still eat 1200 calories and be in a large deficit, but you could do that, you know, a lot more protein, a lot more fiber, a lot more whole foods um, and feel a lot more satiated. Yeah, I mean, the goal isn't to lose fat, is it? It's to maintain the fat loss once you've got there that's, that's the long what, game yeah that's what a lot of people miss out on you can do the 1200 calories but you can gain it back and I did actually gain it back so I went like lost 20 kilos and then slowly gained 20 kilos back which was probably the best thing that I've ever done because I gained it back like healthily just training eating good food and then I got to a point where I was like I do feel a little bit uncomfortable now we're gonna lose it again um and i think i'm about 10 kilos down from oh wow so you've you've gone from lost 20 kilos gained 20 kilos lost 20 kilos 
So lost 20 kilos, gained 20 kilos, lost 10 kilos. And oh, okay. This is yeah. where I'm at now. And this is where you're at now. <laughs> yeah. And so okay. this time around, what have you done differently? Trained hard, um, lift heavier weights, and just eat nutritious foods and not go into like such a strict deficit and do a deficit when you're ready. That's the biggest thing. Don't do a deficit when you're trying to build a business. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, there's never a good time though, no. right? So like if you, once you've got your business up and running, there's always going to be crazy yeah. shit happening. Yeah. So if you are taking a more moderate deficit, it's easier to manage that and still deal with life than if you're trying to starve yourself on 1200 calories and try and work out. Something's going to give. Yeah. And it's usually the food, right? That's the easiest thing to just go, oh, do you know what? I can't be bothered. I'm just going to grab that takeaway, whatever. Yeah, 100%. And from my experience, it's so much easier to manage deficit if you have more activity in there as well, obviously. Um, So like making sure you're getting your steps in. I invest in a walking pad, best thing I've ever done. Yeah. Yeah. Under your desk. Under my desk while I'm watching TV. Like, it's just always there. Amazing. Um, What what do you aim for, sort of step-wise a day? uh, When I was in the deficit, around about 12,000, 13,000, but Mm. now I'm probably around 8,000. Yeah. Um, But yeah, and I started running as well, not for the fat loss, but just to have that break, which has been enjoying your exercise is a whole whole new game like when you enjoy it rather than just doing it because everyone else is doing it that's that's where the magic magic happens in my opinion yeah i feel like with a lot of people always because a lot of people hear that and go like oh exercise isn't enjoyable for me and i've never enjoyed exercise but often a lot of people are just not very good at exercise or they see exercise as like a punishment to lose weight so you've instantly got like a negative association like i'm having to do this exercise that i don't enjoy and is boring say it's like cardio that people don't enjoy so it's like instantly there's all this negative association and when you go oh why don't you lift weights and then people are like well i don't know how to lift weights i'm a beginner it, it's painful every time i do it all these other people just get it there's like gym anxiety so you've got all again all this negative association with maybe training or lifting weights but then what we typically see is that if people just like are able to embrace being a beginner and persist through for like three or six months you actually start to get pretty good lifting and training and start to enjoy exercise a bit more and then also see the results off the back of it and the body composition changes and you're like oh this is this is a lot more enjoyable than it was in sort of day one but it's having that mindset of embracing being a beginner yeah 100 so when you started running i know you you've just signed up for the paris half marathon yes <laughs> have you ever done anything like that before or is this just you just dipping your toe in yeah yeah that's me i, I don't do anything by half Love i'm just it. like well right, apart okay. from a marathon well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go yeah there we go you yeah. caught me up <laughs> yeah. um so yeah that's that i got it well i started running about i'd say like three months ago just doing the odd 5k seeing what i can do um and i found especially when i don't really have as much time to myself at the moment going into the gym traveling to the gym doing a two-hour session traveling home getting a shower like it's like a four-hour turnaround sometimes and I think when you can just go out for like a half an hour run you can still get the same feeling from it and it still gives that same buzz like for me it was just like wow like that is amazing um and it's just like that switch off time when you go on a run like I was caught out so many times just scrolling on my phone in between sets or like mm. replying to a team member replying to a client and I just was found it really really hard to have that boundary so going on that run you can't be like running like replying to a client so it's it just taught like it gives me that total 
zen time, like total switch off. Like mm-hmm. I've never felt switch off like being on the run. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that can be the, um, the definitely the allure to me. Like when I was like doing jujitsu, is that like or you go to a class, you, you're kind of especially if you're somebody that like struggles to switch off, or you you've got so many things going through your head. If you're doing something that way, you you can think or you can act still. Um, it's it is very easy to kind of give in to temptation versus like if you're if you're going for a run, you can't exactly get your phone out. If you're at a jujitsu class, you're focused on the practice in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think I heard uh, Mark Zuckerberg talk about this that he said he used to do a lot more like cardio, um, like on the bike and stuff. But he'd just like go on his phone and he'd be thinking about work all the time. Versus he started doing surfing and jujitsu, and he's like, because you're so focused and being present in your body in those sort of movements. Um, you can't you get all the benefits of exercise but you also get like a bit of a mental break too which is also like super needed if you're you know working at a high level all the time yeah and i think for a lot of people exercise is maybe the only me time in inverted commas that they get and so if you're not even giving yourself that one hour or 40 minutes where you're not actually taking it for you time you're getting none no so yeah i think that's a great tip and you said you just started running three months ago like literally that was your first 5k yeah and you've signed up for a half marathon i love it (laughs) (laughs) well uh i feel like my my cardiovascular fitness isn't bad like i was doing a lot of like stairmaster and like cycling in the gym and stuff like that as my cardio i've never i've always done weight and cardio at the same time so um my first run i went out and i managed a 5k so i thought do you know what i'm not a total beginner um and my so my team were like oh do you fancy do you fancy booking a half marathon I was like what like I, I can't run and then they're like right we're booking it it's about to sell out I was like right okay let's so just you, do it your team challenged you to do that yeah oh, yeah so cool. um yep. me my partner and our coach Lucy we're all doing it oh it's nice you're doing it together yeah. yeah yeah definitely helps with the training as well when you've got like a training buddy you can go out with yeah 100% and I think it's just team bonding isn't it getting everyone mm-hmm. together and showing everyone it's it's doable <laughs> definitely yep. so you've mentioned um before like i've seen on all your socials as well about finding exercise that you actually enjoy and like going through waves of enjoying lifting and now you're enjoying running what would your advice be to somebody who like you think you found your thing which you had with movement and going in the gym and then you kind of fall out of love with it can you describe that process and then how you kind of pick yourself back up yeah, I think for me, like, I was obsessed with weight training. Like, give me a hip thrust and I'll do, like, 180 kg. Like, I was obsessed. And I just, it, I was just falling out of love with that. I just wasn't finding that buzz that I used to get from it. So I started joining a few classes in Manchester. Like, I did a Barry's class. Um, I did an F45 class. And I started to enjoy, like, the community side of it and just not just having something there that was like a total break um and a couple of my friends weren't running as well and they were like doing races and stuff and they were like oh why don't you do it a little bit more seriously and I was like all right we'll we'll try a couple of runs and I think I just I think you just know in your head like I was just enjoying running that much that I still do weightlifting like three four times a week but with the running it was just you just know it's like so it's just like a relief in my brain versus with weight training it was just more of like a clutter in my brain so I think if you're in the position where you don't really know what you're doing and you're getting a bit sick of what you're doing just try something else you know try yeah. and try a karate class try a dance class like just go for it and I think you'll you'll like kind of reinvent yourself as well I feel like I've I've really like reinvented myself since doing that because 
when I wasn't feeling the weightlifting, I was skipping sessions, I was feeling sluggish again. You weren't feeling, I didn't get that me time. So once I did make that jump, I got I got that buzz back and then it creates that balance that, that we all need. No, it's, um, it, I definitely find that with like class and community environments. Like, you know, some people are, can just like solo train and it's fine for, for them to do it. But for some other people, like if you know that having that extra level of accountability of like, I've got this class at this time or you want to be around people. I think that's something that like CrossFit do fantastically well is that like the community element of, of CrossFit is so, you know, everyone's high-fiving and hugging and tops off and it's, it's a bit of a crazy, you know, it is, it's a bit of a... Tops off. Yeah, it, it's a, it is. Um, you like, like really get into the zone, don't you? Yeah. I guess it's that same thing of like, it is really, you're there in that room with those people, you're not... Mm-hmm in your head yeah yeah and, and and also the fact that you do build some like relationships off it like a lot of people know if they do crossfit or they do a sort of certain type of class that they're like a part of that community you can pretty much go anywhere in the world or the country and go and sign in if people are pretty friendly in terms of like oh you do this too it's kind of like you know like one of us <laughs> that type of side of things but it's it's nice it's nice yeah. to feel a part of something yeah. and then being able to obviously then have the added levels of community and people and accountability it's you know there's definitely a huge part of of, of class and even running is quite good for that because most towns have got like a running club or in the uk you've got park run which tends to have like a little community around it as well so even though running might seem like well that's a very individual sport if you want to call it a sport actually you can tap into the community element if you feel like that's something that you need for accountability or motivation and it can help you show up that's it that's it and it, you can do it anywhere in the world like you go on holiday and there's no gym you can go on a run yeah it's it's so like versatile you can do it wherever and that's what i love yeah so with your clients then what's the kind of program that you would recommend for somebody given that you've got like a varying experience of different types of exercise yeah so i'd always say to all of our clients like if if there's a specific goal that you want to achieve and you need to do that particular training to get to that goal that comes second what you enjoy comes first because if you if you're forcing something just to get to a goal chances are if you're not enjoying it you're not going to maintain that that result anyway so what do you enjoy first what gives you that buzz now let's be consistent with that and do other things that we need to do like I would never say don't do weight training because it's absolutely insane for your health like when you get older you need to be able to walk up the stairs carry your shopping like that's what we need to look at but if you don't enjoy, you know, hip thrusting 200 kg and like you don't need to do something that you enjoy because that's what's going to give you that buzz that you need. So would you program somebody a weight or like a weight session every week anyway on top of that other stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just because it, it is, in my opinion, I feel like you need that for your health. Like you, I, I feel like if you just go without weight training at all, and you just ran, 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 then you're actually not going to be as strong of a runner because you need you need that muscle strength. You mm-hmm. need that, that, that strength to go further with it. And I think just general life, everyone should lift some sort of weight, whether it is in the gym or whether it's CrossFit or whatever it is. Like, yeah, I think everyone needs to have that mobility and that strength. Yeah, it's such a foundation to have, to do full body resistance yeah. training. It's a, it's, a, it's a great you know it's a skill to learn how to train your body under load in that sort of sense but it's um learning how to to train in that way and then building that foundation and then maintaining that foundation like it doesn't have to take up that much time but it's definitely it's a there's a lot of benefits to doing that from like today and sort of everyday moving forward yeah and i think if you've got your other passion like say it's running or it's a sport 
if you can see your lifting sessions as part of that, like it is my preparation for my runs or it's like how I get better at runs, then it shifts your mindset a little bit because it doesn't feel like, oh, this extra thing that I have to do. It's like supporting you to do the thing yeah. you love. Yeah. And I think when you flip that switch, it becomes a very different mindset about going to the gym. And especially if you've got a coach who can build you a program that you can see like, oh, obviously if I do this exercise, that's going to pay off in this way with my sport. You can put the dots together and it really connects. Yeah, that, that was exactly me before I was running. I just see my weight transitions as a massive slog. And even though obviously it is good for your health, it is going to help me. I didn't see the benefits of it because I was just like, I'm not actually bothered about having a huge hamstrings. So why am I doing <laughs> the hamstring curl? Like that's what was going through my head. I was like, why am I doing a hamstring curl? I, d I don't want to have a huge, but it was because I was doing it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Now that I'm running, I'm like, right, okay, I want to do squats. I want to do step ups because that's going to help with my running strength. But also I think it's just, I want, like since running, I can feel my, my body feel fitter and you just feel like just more able to do anything. Like my goal just got into running so it's kind of like still there but my goal is just to become a machine like <laughs> I want to be able to do handstands walking handstands I want to be like climb walls like that's my goal now yep. whereas a year ago I just wanted to have big glutes and I think it's just boring isn't it yeah <laughs> I think that's a really important shift of your why around exercise um and I want to talk about body confidence as well because you're really great uh, as somebody on social media who doesn't like use filters, like constantly have a full face of makeup. You're very real and raw and unfiltered, which I love. So how do you have the confidence to do that when everyone else around you or like what you see on Instagram is like literally girls just trying to build a big butt and show it in the right angle at the camera and maybe put one little helpful thing on the caption. <laughs> like, where do you get the confidence? Like, you know what, that's bollocks. I'm going to be me. Just because why not? Like I've I've never been someone who actually cares about what anyone thinks in a sense. Like even though when I was a little bit younger, I, I did struggle with my confidence quite a bit. Like I didn't ever stop myself from doing things because of other people's opinions. And I've always been quite like that. Um, and I think for me, I just, I don't like doing things that don't feel right with myself. When I first started posting on social media, like you know, I could have gone down that path of like editing my bum and making my waist look smaller, but why I'm I'm here to help people get a better relationship with the body I'm here to help people get a better like become the best version of themselves so if me as a leader if I'm not gonna do that then I'm not gonna have any success with that like for me what I look like doesn't really matter because my why is bigger than that to help other people so mm -hmm. it just kind of goes beyond that so do you ever have moments where you do compare yourself to maybe somebody who does do all of that jazz or do you feel like you've got a very clear line in your head? You're like, no. I feel like for me, like, no, I don't really compare myself to people who do do that because I see it as a little bit of an insecurity on their side. If you have to overtly edit or like put your bum in the pictures to show everyone, like, yeah, part of it is like, you know, you've you've grafted to, to get those glutes, you've grafted to get mm. like that body, fair enough. And I still do put photos on of my body and stuff like that. But I think for me, I think it it shows a big insecurity if you're feeling like you're having to edit your photos and having to do that. For me, I am I I am actually quite happy with myself. I don't feel like I need to if I have got a spot on my face or if I have I haven't washed my hair that day. It's like right, everyone has those days, and I think I'm I'm around that all the time with like family and stuff like that. So it's 
for me, I just, I'd, I want to be that person that someone can come to and have that normality so that in a world full of people who aren't, aren't like that, I want to be that one who gives people that comfort. Yeah, it's, it is refreshing, isn't it? Because you do go online and everyone is painting this picture-perfect life and face and bodies and everything else. And it's like, it, there's such a disattachment of like what you see online and then what you do see in person. Um, and yeah, you know, like people like having a few spots on the face and hair in a bun or just looking a bit square. It's just like, yeah, it's like- It's normal like, life. It's normal life. Yeah, and I really love that you are so real because somebody looking up to you is gonna see you just like making a recipe in normal clothes, like no makeup. And they're like, oh yeah, that is like my life. So I can achieve what she's achieved because I am like her. Whereas I feel like if there's a perfect role model, it's easy to kind of let yourself off the hook sometimes. You look at look at somebody who seems perfect and you're trying to do that or achieve that. You're a bit like, yeah, but it's not actually gonna happen for me, is it? I'm not perfect like her. So I feel like it's a lot more inspirational in a way. Yeah, I, w I want people to come to my Instagram as if they're just knocking, my, knocking on my door and coming in for a cup of tea and they're just seeing me as I've finished work or as I've just got in from the gym. Like that's what I want it to be so that when they come on, it, they can just feel comfortable around it as well and want to stay yeah so have you got any role models that you look up to or like accounts that you follow which you kind of get that same vibe from yeah I think there is there is quite a few people in the industry that I do kind of look up to um I feel like there is a lot I feel like there is a lot of shift going to more towards that now rather than being so picture perfect and being so like pristine online um which I'm I'm happy about because it's it's what is needed as well. Sorry to interrupt, just a quick ask. If you are enjoying this podcast, we do ask if you would go and hit that subscribe button because our goal is to be able to help all of you guys become body smart. And the way we can do that is by getting better guests on, more experts, and the bigger this podcast gets, the more guests we can get on here. Yeah, so with all of your content, like you are very real and you tell the story of your journey. And I know you've shared on your YouTube channel around the fact that you had a boob job when you were younger. Would you mind talking about where that came from? Because yeah. obviously we've t discussed body confidence and how you feel like you wanted to feel comfortable in your body, but that's like a different element of body confidence. So how did that come about? Yeah, so I, I actually got a boob job when I was 19. So I was quite young um, and it didn't, um, I would, I say to everyone like I'd happily take them out today. Like I'm not, it's not something that I need. But for me, I, when I lost the 20 kilos, like I went from having something there to like literally being, mm -hmm flat and yeah. I feel so, that <laughs> <laughs> and for yeah. me like it's not like like I said I, t I could I could take it or leave it um but I just feel for myself so much more feminine when I do have them just because when I'm wearing tops or when I'm wearing clothes like I do just feel like I said just more feminine and more more confident with it if that makes sense but the confidence doesn't come from that I just feel like that adds to it yeah so it's quite a big decision to go under the knife and mm. somebody who, you know, you feel like you can manipulate your body, if that's the right word, in a lot of ways. What made you look down that route to manipulate your body as opposed to like focusing on the things that you could do yourself? Yeah, so for me, like that, if if I could do bend press and grow, yeah. grow them, like I would be in the gym every yeah. day to do that. Yeah. But like there is like there is no way that you can do that yourself so that mm. if for me since 
even when I was a little bit heavier, like I have always been like very flat chested. And I, I remember even from like a young age, I always said like, that's something that I would love to do. Um, so since <laughs> when, I, when I was in COVID, I obviously had my student loan and didn't need to use it. So that kind of went on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know people who have wasted their student loans on, on much, much worse yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and do you feel like it changed your relationship with your body at all? No, I don't. I, I don't think it's. I don't think I like love my body more for it or kind of want it more. I think, like I said, I can, I can take it or leave it. It was more just something that I kind of wanted, and I was just like, this is an opportunity where I can get it. So I'm just, I'm just gonna do it. It's not like. A, a deep thing and I don't think like I don't I don't feel like I'm being unauthentic by having it either because I am really open about it as well and I think for women and I do know a lot of women who who have had it themselves and who who would like it as well um and I think for me if there was something that I could do naturally to do it then I would <laughs> but it's it there was there's literally nothing yeah. you can do to That is the difference, isn't it? Because like, you see a lot of people who are, or there's a lot more women now who are getting like uh, butt implants. Yeah. And they can be really dangerous dangerous, or taking fat and pumping fat into the to the bum. But it, it almost looks ridiculous as well because you have these like really thin legs but then this massive ass. And it's like, it, there's no way you could build glutes the that big. The sculpting and, of Yeah, it. and yeah. have legs that, that small. Um, And then like the dangerous, but like, yeah, you can build your legs and build your glutes That's versus, it. you know, I mean... You can get pecs, but it's not. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've breastfed and I have pecs with something that hangs underneath. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know if it's a good thing working on my chest. <laughs> Makes it look worse. <laughs> um, so with the whole body confidence thing, obviously there's different angles to it. And if there's somebody listening who feels like, oh, yeah, I've lost weight. And like that part of me has changed and I can't do anything about it. Are there any avenues that you explored before you went down that route? I would say like you don't, you definitely do not need a boob job to to feel confident, and I most certainly did feel confident without it, and I feel confident with it as well. Like it's not something that you need, and I would never say you need it. Um, I would just say like appreciate your body for how it is. Most importantly, like you, if you are flat chested, like work with that and go with that. I'm not gonna lie. Ever since having the boob job, like I have had moments where I was like. I want them out. I don't. I don't like them. Oh really? Yeah, you do. You do get moments where, like, sometimes maybe like you see someone with a flat chest, and you're like, oh, like that does look quite nice. Because certain things, because I mean, they're not huge, but like there is certain things that like I would normally be like a small in like a normal sports bra, but I'm having to get a medium, and it kind of like fits my boobs, but not the rest of my body. If that makes sense. Um, and it's very like it's only a few things that I like that, but sometimes. Yeah, it, it does sometimes, not all the time, but like I think, oh, how, how would it be without them? But no, I do I do feel good with them and I, I definitely don't regret getting them. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting one, isn't it? Because often the grass is greener. Yeah. And so whatever you've got, you look at other people, you go, oh, it is, yeah. Yeah, and I don't think maybe that is verbalised very often, that even once you've had the procedure, sometimes you would look at the other option yeah. and be like, oh, that would be quite nice. Yeah, yeah. Because, um, you know, even practicalities, like you said, about buying clothes or like running, there's there's a whole different world of things you have to think about compared to where you were before. Yeah, 100%. And I think, I think if someone is listening who has maybe contemplated getting one, I wouldn't say go for it straight away. Like I've probably spent about a year 
looking at a different surgeon, looking at how I wanted it, um, just to make sure that it was the thing that I definitely wanted. And I think there is obviously other routes you can take. Like obviously you, you can build your chest. Like it is still possible to get like a bit more definition there with building your chest. Um, but yeah, for me, for me, I just wanted to go for it. Yeah. And I think um, similarly on the other end of the scale, we've got clients who've lost a lot of weight, but their boobs haven't gone. And everyone else is like, what? That's what goes first. <laughs> um, but, you know, for those women yeah. having a breast reduction is equally like quite empowering and feels like, okay, now my body re- resembles how I feel it should feel, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I feel like it's a whole different ballgame of what guys have to deal with. When you like your weight goes up and down, there's not one part of you that doesn't change a lot accordingly, is there? Yeah, I am. Um, I mean, I, I think it all just comes down to genetics, doesn't it, for men and women, you know, mm. in terms of like where you do store your fat. You know, there's definitely a lot of guys who get like man boobs as well um, and can lose fat and can still have like... That's and, true, and yeah. And still actually yeah. carry uh, quite a bit of fat round, round here and make a lot of men feel pretty insecure. The fact that they've got like almost like breast tissue and some of them, those guys do end up getting surgery to get rid of that. So it does, I think it, it varies, you know, from 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 sort of person to person and genetic to different types of genetics, like just where you store your fat. Um, a lot of guys do typically store more belly fat that you'll see, but then you do see some other guys who've got like really big, big legs as well and again it just comes down to your genetics and where you personally store fat but i think it's just getting to that point of more like as you've said a lot of times not like a body positivity but body acceptance or body neutrality in that sort of sense and it's you know like your body is the greatest instrument you'll ever own and just really getting to a place of like that comparison side of things or always wanting this and wanting that it doesn't serve you it's just trying to build your body to be the best it can be and i'm not i'm not against anything like people want to like like everyone does it to an extent, don't they? Whether you, the way you, you pose on a photo or the angle that you get or whether you use a filter or people use or makeup. Or even like wearing a padded bra. Yeah. Like is, is one step on that ladder, right? Yeah. No, but it, it, it's all of it and there's nothing there's nothing wrong with it. I think it only becomes an issue if it's like if there are just like deep, deep insecurities that are driving your actions because then it can start to progress to become more and more healthy over time, um, which that's, you know, that's where the, the line gets a bit gray. Yeah. and yeah I'd say just do whatever you want to do like getting something like a boob job isn't bad I think it's just doing something that you feel comfortable doing if you want one get one if if you're doing it for the reason of I hate my body and this is going to make me love my body then that's not going to work yeah but if you love your body and you just want to just want to have it then go for it that's a really key point because I think the same happens with like fitness journeys weight loss journeys as people will think well if I just lose this weight then I'll love my body yeah that's not what happens yeah. <laughs> a lot of the time yeah that isn't what happens I'm trying to think of like what the male equivalent could be you know men go bold actually early oh, 30s, yeah. and True. there's a lot of like that's a big insecurity for a lot of guys and you can get surgery hair and, transplant yeah, yeah there's a lot of people like uh, even um who's the like Mr. Olympia guy Chris C-bum. Chris yeah Seabum yeah it's him and a, a bunch of other people have been getting like hair transplants lately which it, it's crazy because they've just got this perfect hairline now and it's like sort of just starting to grow does back. it look obvious it looks almost too perfect though doesn't it it's... yeah it's like you know like i've got my cows licking and this side goes back a little bit and my hairline's been the same since i was about flipping 16 but like uh it would almost be like having that like perfectly straight uh hairline but that's it's a big shift for i think a lot of guys when they get into like early 30s I and mean, when your hair just starts receding fast I and mean, all of a sudden you've got this choice of like do i have a massive receding hairline 
or do I go bald? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, like literally shave it off. Yeah. And then that's a huge, it's part of your identity is yeah. like your look, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, and so that's a big change. Yeah. It's when, and then it's where the caps start coming out. You know, <laughs> you do, you start seeing like a lot of yeah. old men starting to wear a lot more caps. Yeah. So that, you know, there is that side of it as well. It's difficult as well because I feel like for women, doing stuff like coloring your hair or wearing makeup or having fillers is a lot more accepted. Whereas if a guy does that, it's, it's still a bit like, oh, you've had that done. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm trying to think like what guys typically do. I mean, well, so for example, my husband's really great. Like, mm. he won't mind me saying he calls himself like he's got the same hair as Philip Schofield. <laughs> it's very great, and he hates it. Like, he really hates it. But he started going great at 19. So like, yeah. you're really fighting an uphill battle here. Mm -hmm. But equally, he wouldn't die it because everyone would be like, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and it would look such a contrast. So I think guys have a bit of a short straw yeah. because we could dye our hair and no one would say anything. Like if you dyed your hair pink tomorrow, people would be like, awesome, go you. Whereas if he dyed his hair brown, people would be like, whoa. Yeah, I think some guys like kind of get to, or at least my barber's already said, like all other guys will get to that point where they're starting to go a bit gray. And he's like, now is the time if you're going to dye your hair. So, like, yeah. so you basically don't look like you go half gray and then go back. But then um, also that's it then, you're committed. Yeah, you committed them, and if you stop, um, there was a who was it? He I followed uh, Jay Jay Alderton. Uh, oh yeah. I don't know if you follow him, yeah. So I think he was like grenade Jay Frages, and he he talked about it openly. He was using uh, what's the hair product like? Is it just for men? Just for men. Yeah, Did he actually? Yeah, yeah, he's using, such a <laughs> yeah, he's using just for men, and and his hair was like jet black, and then all of a sudden, I think just through COVID, I think he just decided to stop using it, and like within like a month, he was like full gray and it was like such a contrast that he just gone from that to that but it's it's just a part of aging isn't it and it's a part of of what goes on it's different it's like i i don't think it's um it's just different different for both genders you know and i think both have have their struggles on on each each side yeah i yeah. do think though men's struggles are a bit underplayed like i think people think oh well it's just your hair but actually that can affect your confidence a lot and as i think a bloke. If, you, if your confidence can drive how you show up for yourself every single day. Yeah. If that impacts how you show up for work, if you're nervous to maybe do a speech at work or go to training or go to the gym because you're scared of looking at yourself in the mirror, like that can impact your whole entire life. And mm. it could sometimes be subconscious. Sometimes you're not even noticing that you are unconfident. I think it can just kind of slowly creep up on you, but slowly but surely you can stop yourself from doing so many things and then you can look back and think, oh shit. Yeah. I've not going to the gym anymore i'm not showing up as well at work i'm not putting myself out as more and then you, it can impact a lot yeah so what is if you had somebody come to you who is really struggling with their confidence what would be the first kind of steps that you would advise for them i would say like do something that you love most importantly and actually identify why you're not doing certain things like get curious with why you're not doing certain things you know deep down people might not be going to the gym because they think oh I don't have time but deep down if you actually thought about it is it because you don't have time or are you using that as a little bit of a band-aid because really you're not you're not actually liking the way that you look and you don't want to put yourself in that uncomfortable position um and I think the biggest thing is like look look at what you can do like immediately that can increase your confidence if that is putting some makeup on to go to the gym like if that's going to help you then let's do it if that is maybe like getting up half an hour earlier to get yourself dressed for work not just shoving whatever on like that's going to help you like that, this is something that we focus on with our clients because 
it's not just about losing weight because if you're losing weight but you're still not feeling confident in yourself then you're never going to be confident even if you lose 30 50 60 pounds you need to actually identify right okay this is why I'm not feeling confident is it maybe because you don't have that self-belief is it because you don't value yourself okay how can we work on on getting that depth of it yeah and then you'll be able to and I love what you said earlier when we were chatting out there um, about how the confidence and the self-belief that you get from fitness really can translate to other areas of life. I think when we talk about it, because we all have been there, we're like, yes. But for somebody who's just starting on that journey, it can sound a bit like, like, surely, come on, no. Like me going and learning how to squat is not going to make me turn up better at work. So can you explain how you've experienced that yourself? Yeah, I mean, confidence for me isn't, being like the loudest in the room or being the person who can like say things for me it's you get confident from showing up to yourself if you can say to yourself right in the next x amount of months I'm gonna achieve this and I'm gonna show up to myself every single day if you do all that you can look back and think I've just done what I said I could do okay what can I do now in the future okay yep. I can do this this and this that's where confidence comes from it's not just yeah, I'm going to be confident and I'm going to wear this colourful dress or I'm going to show up and be like flamboyant. It's right, showing up for yourself every single day and you'll have confidence that you can then do anything you want in life because you've then got that self-belief and you've proven yourself that you've been able to say you're doing something, put your mind to it and achieve it. It's it's evidence, isn't it? I think that's, evidence. that's, that's for any time I've looked back at areas of my life or business or anything and it's like, why am I not felt confident in those areas? I mean, there's been like a shift and I'm like, right, well, what, what changed? And it wasn't because I, like, was, you know, shouting affirmations at the mirror. Or it wasn't because I was, like, you know what I mean? It wasn't because uh, I read a motivational quote on, on Instagram or whatever else. It was literally, like, I had so much evidence behind me that it was, you know, undeniable to say that, like, well, how can I not be confident in what I'm saying here? Because that literally I have months or years behind me to say that you can do this. So it would be stupid for me to almost think that I'm, not confident in that area. Yeah, but um, our inner bitch does like to play devil's advocate. Oh, it does. And and some of those beliefs have taken me years of me building that evidence to to shift my confidence to now go, oh, I actually am this person or I am confident in that area. So, it, you know, and it's sometimes that, that's been because if you fought a certain way for years or decades, then it's like, okay, well, of course I'm not going to feel confident. And that's how I've felt about it for 20 years you know, and it's going to take a little bit of time and a little bit of evidence building for me to start to shift my beliefs and my confidence around it. And you have to get uncomfortable. You have to get uncomfortable. If you're not feeling confident in a certain area, yeah, going and doing it is going to feel like shit. <laughs> but you are going to have to put yourself in that position first to then feel good. And I think there's that famous quote from uh, Chris Williams that I think is the the magic is in the work that you're avoiding. And I think that's that's the biggest thing because if you're constantly putting something off, I think that's the thing that you need to go and do. And I think once you do it, you'll actually think it's actually not as bad as what I thought it was going to be. This could be going to the gym. It could be quitting the job that you absolutely hate. It could be like breaking up with a partner that's toxic or whatever it is. But that's something that does feel really uncomfortable. But the long-term effects of that is going to get you to the place that you need to get to. Yeah, and the fact you were brave enough to take that step also helps bolster your confidence. You're like, okay, I was avoiding that for so long, and when I did it, it was actually okay. What else am I avoiding? Because it's probably not going to be as bad as I'm thinking it is. 
Yeah. Yeah. There's um he's talking of of Chris Williamson. Uh, he talks about this, but it's like a paradox. Maybe Sai can actually find this for me. Um, it's basically saying like what you were saying there is like um say you are in a, a a bad relationship, but it's not that bad. Say you are in a you're not you're not like uh, you're overweight, but you're not like morbidly obese and hating your body that much. So it's like it's it's you want a bit more, but it's not that bad. You know, so you've got all these things in your life where they're they're okay, like they could be better, but they're not you know too bad. So because they're kind of in the middle, you just put up and stay complacent versus, and we all, we see this with so many of our clients and, it, and it's, it's a shame it always gets to this point, but it seems to always ring true, which is they sign up when they're at their worst. You know what I mean? Like off, they off, feel so low. They feel so low. Like they've, something pivotal's happened and it's just like enough is enough. This is my last chance. I need to give this a go or something else has happened in their life. And it's like, right. So they're using this like really big pain to be like, right, I'm now going to use this as a, as a catalyst to, to drive forward and see positive change. And I think that's like the same in like a relationship or a job. Like, uh, you know, if your boss just came up to you and just went, just spoke to you awfully, shouted at you, maybe be like, right, I need to quit and need another job. And it would drive the action or the behavior, same in a relationship. But if, when it's just kind of okay, you just, you kind of justify. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, you just, you, it doesn't put you over the line, does it? It's, it's not big enough to think, I need to change this. And yeah. I need to actually, actually do something different. Yeah. So it's called the region beta paradox, which explains that we often endure things that are not so bad, but it stops us from flourishing in a truly good situation. Because the thing is, like, we all, we all like what we know. We may not well, like it, but we know that. what we yeah. know. And you kind of know what to expect. It's very safe in that sense. And that's what our brains want. They want predictability. They want to know where they stand in terms of relationships and performance and boundaries. And even if the, the relationships and the boundaries aren't that great, at least you know where you stand. Whereas going into the unknown is super scary. So, yeah. Oh, ago, it's better the, the better the devil you know, you know than the devil you don't. Yeah. You know, so the, yeah, and there, you know, there is some truth to that at times as well. But it's also, you know, I always try to have like a very zoomed out perspective. Like, is this going to get better in a month, you know, a year, three years, five years, 10 years? And if not, okay, well, Something needs to something needs to change. If that's I'm not happy with the trajectory of my life there, uh, because you know sometimes when people wait for those moments to happen, you know it's often they've gone so far down. It, that it can be it can be too late. You know what I mean? Or it, or it, it's like the something can happen and it it can be irreversible. You know, if someone has a heart attack. Now I'm going to look after my health. Mm-hmm. Or you know, someone waits till the you know a certain age in a relationship to end it, and it's just like oh now I've missed out on. Having kids, having or, kids, or these, yeah, and it's just yeah. like so, like the the, it's there's a cost, there's a cost to everything, and it's um sometimes just like actually taking the moment to zoom out and see like, well, what is what what am I paying for here? Yeah, and with your clients, because I know you said it's not just about weight loss, it's about like being the happiest version of you. How do you gently encourage people to get out of their comfort zone and do those scary things? Yeah, so I always ask ask our clients like what what like what are your goals let's just take a second and just don't think yeah that's my goal like actually think what sounds scary like what sounds ridiculous to you if you said like I want to run 10 kilometers when you can't even walk up the stairs at the moment or you know I want to lose x amount of weight that seems like impossible to do and kind of in their journey keep on reminding them that you know you've actually got halfway there now you never thought you'd actually be able to get there now we're halfway there and just reminding them of how far they've actually come, but also giving them goals that they can 
achieve that they never thought they could achieve and slowly but surely progress them into that and then always give them that evidence to show them you've actually done that and then they can drive forward and think ah I I have because I think sometimes you're on your journey and you forget what your old goals were Mm. you the goalposts always change so when you're you are where you are right now you think I want more I want more I want more you never actually reflect and think wow me one year ago would be absolutely screaming at where I am now and we're just living like it's not happening yeah yeah I'm so guilty of not stopping and smelling the roses and it's it is definitely something that I, I still need to get better at. Is like when you you do set out and hit those milestones and goals. There's nothing wrong with setting better and, and better goals and bigger goals afterwards. But you know, definitely just I don't think we like it's I'm just the hypocrisy of me even saying this because we tell our clients to do it. You know what I mean? Well, that's the beauty of a coach though, because a yeah. coach just tells you like don't forget to celebrate this or points out stuff that you would just gloss over yeah um so i do think that is a big part of having a coach is not just the guidance along the way it's the mindset shifts that happen from someone else reminding you of look how far you've come like let's not just gloss over that and move on before we get to celebrate yeah it's, it's, it's often as well though it's like the destination isn't like the destination is what we think we're chasing to an extent is like the, the goal the weight loss um but often like a lot of the the, the journey of getting there is like when you kind of look back is like the, the pride you kind of have over the, the steps that you've taken to get to that result um, and then when you get to that next goal and you, you know it's fine to get there but you yeah you should stop smell the roses and then yeah like I, maybe just take a moment and then set that next sort of milestone of yeah. like what's next this is why I think um, journaling is so helpful because if you've got prompts, if it's not just like a brain dump of your day, if you've got prompts that you think like, oh, what am I proud of? What did I do well this week? You're forcing your brain to think in that way. Whereas we don't naturally, a lot of us don't naturally go there mm-hmm. without somebody telling us to or reminding us or a journal prompt. So if you're one of those people who just like goes through life and feel like you're always going to moving goalposts, you never actually get to celebrate, just even introducing one little journal prompt a week can help. And that's, that's what's in a check-in as well. like A client check-in. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And that's why I think a lot of when you do have a coach, you do feel that sense of achievement. You're always feeling like you're, you're positive about everything. You, you feel like you're on this journey because every single week you're having to stop, reflect on your week and actually think, right, how have I spent this week? How can I go forward in the next week? And I think that's, that's huge. Yeah, amazing. So if somebody does want to find out about you and your coaching where would they go where would they find you yeah so on my on my instagram bethany dobson um it's all there on the link in bio amazing and you've got your coaching program which is doable coaching as well yeah and yeah yeah your recipe book as well which is yeah it's the macro friendly cookbook which is an ebook surrounded by recipes that were designed for lo- lower calories but have nicer ingredients that you can just have in your cupboard and it doesn't take 12 hours to cook it is like under that, 30 that's, minutes that's it isn't it like a do amount of these like yeah i mean we have used HelloFresh for ages now and it's like 20 minutes and i'm like an hour later still like, <laughs> yeah we only ordered the me. 10 minute ones yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that's perfect thank you so much for coming on bethany it's been great having you thank you very much it's been great it's been great having us Thanks for listening to the Body Smart Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you did, then make sure you subscribe or follow to make sure you don't miss out on any episodes. They drop every Thursday.